I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Ah, yes, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, lo those many years ago, aspiring to something that the Democrat Party continues to fight against. Hammer and sickle. Your Democrat Party is not on our side. And Martin Luther King was shot and killed. Assassinated. 1968. By James Earl Ray, who was a Democrat Party volunteer. A Democrat Party campaign operative. In Memphis, Tennessee, I've been there, the Lorraine Motel and all of that good stuff. You know that Martin Luther King was 39 years old when he was assassinated by James Earl Ray, who was a Democrat Party campaign volunteer for the campaign of racist, segregationist Democrat Governor George Wallace. And... That somehow has been written out of the story because corrupt people write the first draft of history and then another, that's the news media, the New York Times, and then the second draft of history is written by another corrupt group of people and that's academia, the academics. And oops, the most insidious power the media has is the power to ignore. That's true of academia as well. And they choose to ignore the fact that the assassin of Martin Luther King was a Democrat Party presidential campaign volunteer for a racist, segregationist Democrat. One of the Democrats who was famous for standing in a schoolhouse door. Certainly not the only Democrat, and there are no Republicans that ever stood in a schoolhouse door to to block black students from coming in. That's a Democrat Party proposition. But it should be well known, and it's not well known, that uh, the assassin, James Earl Ray, was a Democrat, a Democrat Party volunteer, a Democrat Party campaign operative, and uh, just another racist Democrat. They're as racist today as they were then, and they're much more violent, although they were quite violent in... 1968 as well. They were pro-communist then. Well, the Chicago Convention, Democrat Convention, 1968, the riots, they're still blaming the police for that. It wasn't the fault of the police. They made that up. That's a big lie that they peddled. But the Democrat Party was very violent then. They were very racist then. They're very violent now. They're very racist now. Then they were on the side of the Soviet-backed North Vietnamese communists, right? Uh, And uh, today, they're on the side of Hamas and the Houthis and Hezbollah and Iran and, in reality, China and Putin as well. The commies in China, Xi Jinping, a ricochet rabbit, and, of course, Vlad the Impaler Putin, Your Democrat Party on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day observed 
a national holiday, we should tell the truth. Also, Martin Luther King's family will tell you that he was a Republican until the Kennedy family saw a great opportunity to pander to him, and they successfully pulled off the pander. And keep in mind also Lyndon Baines Johnson famously saying um, when he did a little bit of uh, civil rights uh, song and dance, that, uh, and he used the N-word openly. Lyndon Baines Johnson said, that'll have the N-words voting Democrat for the next hundred years. That's the real Democrat Party. Martin Luther King, a great American. My, my stepfather, who I called dad, married my mother. My mother remarried when I was five years old. My father had died when I was five months old, um, leaving my mother a 32-year-old, I believe, widow with four boys under the age of five years old. And um, she, my mother, remarried when I was five years old. Uh, and um, she married uh, Bill Plant. And I, we, we were my, myself and my three older brothers were legally adopted and no longer had their name Orteg. My father, Jules Orteg. Uh, died when I was five months old. And uh, so we were legally adopted, got the name Plant. My stepfather, who we called Dad, uh, was a CBS News reporter for 52 years. And one of the things that he did is he covered Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement when we were small children and and he was an adult, uh, off covering this and uh, traveling with Martin Luther King, crossing the Pettus Bridge with Martin Luther King. And... um, and he knew Martin Luther King, and, and we would see uh, Dad on TV with Martin Luther King and crossing the Pettus, the Pettus Bridge and, and all of that uh, good stuff. And I, and I think I told this story once before on the radio, but I learned only about two years ago from uh, Dad, from Bill Plant, my stepfather, that when Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis, he was flown down uh, real quick by CBS News and when he got there, it was Walter Cronkite days and everything. And uh, when he got there, he was brought into the, the, the coroner's office and brought into the room where Martin Luther King's body was on a slab. And he had never told me that story before for, you know, like 50 years or something, never told me that story. Then told the story over, the, over a, a dinner table a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, again, he didn't want to get into all kinds of graphic details, but he's like, oh, okay, well, now here we are uh, in the room with Martin Luther King. And again, he had, he had uh, traveled a bit with Martin Luther King and covered him and covered the Pettus Bridge March and the you know, Selma to Montgomery and all of that stuff. Uh, and uh, so Martin Luther King was uh, in my household as a child, in everybody's household as a child. And then in 1968, a Democrat Party campaign volunteer shot him in the head. But they've airbrushed that out of the history of Martin Luther King and of James Earl Ray because Democrats have that power. It's information dominance. The left has that power with the media and academia in particular. Mm-mm-mm. I have other Martin Luther King stories too, but uh, I'll save those for another day. <laughs> Not a perfect man. Not a perfect man. None of us is. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of uh, things, a lot of stories to tell, a lot of things to say. 
Now, uh, with that said, Democrats <clears throat> Democrats are, are crooks, right? Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Crooks. Um, and I am looking forward to the football game this afternoon. Now it's 4 o'clock, the Buffalo-Pittsburgh uh, game. And apparently it's so cold there that um, based on Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul's metric the other day, they should cancel the game again today, but she postponed the game. Have you ever seen a governor postpone an NFL game before? I've never seen that before. Steelers' Bills game Monday won't be delayed again, despite frigid temperatures, New York Governor Hochul says. CBS News is making her to be the hero of this story. We live in very corrupt times. The Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers will play their 2024 wild card round matchup on Monday without further delay, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced Sunday. They don't put the Democrat identifier next to her name. Hochul said temperatures are still expected to be in the teens on Monday, but without the high winds and blinding snow, that would pose a threat to players and spectators alike. So there's good karma playing in the bitter cold here in Buffalo, and that's what we're hoping for tomorrow. With that, go Bills, said Hochul on Sunday. But she uh, was originally scheduled for 1 p.m. Sunday, NFL wildcard playoff, and uh, it was postponed. Saturday, the governor announced that they were postponing the Sunday game because of lake effect snowfall and high winds. It's Buffalo. You have a football team. You've been playing in high winds and snow for as long as you've had a football team. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hochul also announced a travel ban for Buffalo's Erie County. I'm sorry, Deutschland, Deutschland, Uberales. A travel ban for a county? A travel ban? They don't care what you do as long as it's mandatory. And what they don't want to make mandatory, they want to ban these people. I'm actually meeting up with friends uh, later today for the football game because, you know, it ought to be fun. And the NFL, really with this whole peacock thing and the ice bowl, Miami and Kansas City game that nobody could watch unless you signed up for an app that they're selling. And I, I got to say, that was very, very badly played. The NFL continues to dazzle with their ineptitude, and they're annoying. Aren't they annoying? I think they are. All right, speaking of annoying, let's get to Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis is a radical left-wing extremist who is a district attorney in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and she has charged President Trump and lots of uh, Trump allies with crimes. And then it turned out she hired a lawyer who had never prosecuted a felony, apparently. But she was having sex with him. And he's, he was a married man who has since filed for divorce. But she's a Fannie Willis, Democrat, left-wing, radical, extremist, racist, prosecutor going after Trump like a jihadi and all of his friends and allies like a jihadi. Then it turns out that she hired this lawyer, and she, as the DA is in charge of funneling the checks to him, we know of $654,000 in, in taxpayer money that she funneled to her boyfriend, who was a married man. They've been going on vacations together to the Napa Valley and the Caribbean and to Florida, 
and uh, on the, you know using the money that she funneled to him to be a prosecutor uh, against Trump. And he's a radical who has met with the White House and met with the January 6th committee. And this thing is as corrupt as any third world satire of a corrupt government. And uh, now Fannie Willis, and then she got caught and she's been called on it. And I've talked about it here and I've talked about it on Newsmax. And well, yesterday, doing what they always do, combining religion and their politics, Fannie Willis, a radical, went to a church, uh, a black church, no white people allowed. There are white people allowed, but there aren't any there. And um, and she played the race card. You'll be surprised to hear that the only reason that anyone's being critical of her is not because of the corruption and the abusing her power for politics and the party, but because, what? Guess? Anybody? Raise your hands. You in the back? That's right, because she's a black woman. That's why. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. Perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. Yeah, we need to be boinking the uh, lawyer guy who's married that I hired to prosecute Trump, who's never prosecuted a felony, and then somehow set up meetings with the White House uh, to collude and coordinate and scheme and plot, and then uh, with the January 6th committee and and uh, the information, gun. and you can't expect black women to be perfect and save the world. I don't think that's the standard that's being applied here, but, but thanks for the... Uh, and then, of course... It's it's never about, you know, you. It's about your identity. See, it is never about who you are. It is always about the great I am and who he is. Ah, see, and now we see it's the old melding of church and state, which they do constantly. They do all the time because their politics are their religion. Uh, I'll bet a dollar she's not actually a church-going person, that she's not a person of faith, I'll bet a dollar, and uh, that now playing the race card, just amazing. Fox News, Georgia DA Fannie Willis claims improper relationship accusations are based on race. Sure. There you go, Washington Post, Fannie Willis, Trump Georgia case prosecutor, accuses critics of racism. That's the Washington Post, no less. And the National Review, Georgia DA accuses critics of playing the race card after allegedly tapping ex-boyfriend. That's a little double entendre there by the people at the New York, uh, or excuse me, at the National Review, to lead Trump prosecution. Tapping ex-boyfriend? Well, okay, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Fannie Willis accuses Trump world of playing race card. That's, you may remember the president of Harvard University did exactly the same thing when she was forced out of her job at Harvard for being a virulent, racist, anti-Semite, right? Um, but she played the race card. Claudine Gay, it's all about race because that's the Democrat game. You get elected because you're a black woman. You get the job as president of Harvard because you're a black woman. Then when you get in trouble, the only reason you're in trouble, they claim, is because you're a black woman. 
Really, if we're going to hold people accountable, it looks like we should only have straight white men in charge of everything. That way, you can be critical of them. Otherwise, you know, we have no cards to play. Harvard's Claudine Gay cited racial animus. Racial animus, remember that? In her resignation letter. But experts see a bigger attack on DEI. Yeah, because DEI is racist. And you're racist. See how this works? So is critical race theory. That's why sane, rational people who want to save civilization are against DEI and critical race theory, you bunch of racists. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Al Gore is on the loose, and he's not just eating like a pig. He's talking about how many millions of people die every year because of the weather, he said. He made up these crazy numbers. Uh, speaking of which, the New York Times was called out over the weekend, and and rightly so, because they, they had two headlines, one on January 2nd of this year, where they announced that global warming... To end snow, there will be no more snow because of global warming. Ten days later on January 12th, global warming to increase snow because global warming is going to increase snow. And it's uh, the headline was the end of snow on January 2nd. And then on January 12th, how can a warming climate increase snowfall? So if you read the New York Times every day, you're probably very confused. You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Stick around here. We do truth here. The New York Times does not. You know how the Democrats are with science, right? They, they, do they still claim they're the party of science? They don't know how many genders there are. They think there are 112 or 132 genders. Or Look at the San Francisco handout and how many genders they came up with there. Uh, keep in mind the, the story, and this, is, this has been ongoing for a while now, that the Democrats have been claiming that math, mathematics, math is racist, right? And uh, scientific American modern mathematics confronts its white patriarchal past. I love the patriarchy, don't we? We should all stop every day and thank the patriarchy for everything from electricity to airplanes to telephones to medicine, language. You're welcome, honestly. But you keep this up, we might have to take away 
Uh, first the phones, then air travel, then electricity altogether. Because you're getting annoying. Mathematicians want to think their field is a meritocracy, but bias, harassment, and exclusion persist in math, you see. Now, the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, Seattle schools propose to teach that math education is racist. Will California be far behind? Because math, uh, math is racist, right? How does race affect a student's math education? And, and uh, amazing CBS Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh public schools will change math instruction to be more equitable. It's got to be. It's math. It's math, right? And then Newsweek magazine, math is racist crowd, runs rampant in Seattle, comma, Portland. Um, pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. This is the Democrat Party. White supremacy culture unfolds. That's right. Math is white supremacy because you know the rest. Now, I uh, saw a tweet over the weekend. I believe my best girl shared it with me from Gad Saad. Finally, chemistry. Now we've moved on from math. Now, chemistry can advance as a discipline because it has accepted the importance of Afrochemistry. Afrochemistry. So we have Afro American things. Now we have Afrochemistry. Math is racist. No, math is math. Geometry is geometry. That's pretty amazing stuff. Rebel News. Rebel News with the story Rice University, Rice University in Houston, Texas, is now conducting a course titled Afrochemistry aimed at tackling, quote, inequities in chemistry and chemical education, end quote, as part of its ongoing DEI initiatives in Texas. That's your diversity, equity, and inclusion. I, uh, I've been saying it should be D-I-E for years. Now I see, I see some other people are saying it should be D-I-E. I labeled it D-I-E, uh, you know, Die America, because that's, it's diversity, inclusion, equity, America, right? Just amazing stuff. And uh, last week I was talking to you about Johns Hopkins University. They came up with their, they have a head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion, who is naturally an African-American woman because you can't have like a straight white man in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So it's a set-aside job. Dr. Sharita Hill-Golden. And this was a uh, truly amazing, truly amazing thing that she has a uh, grudge newsletter she sends out by email every month. And she declared that the diversity word of the month was, what was the diversity word of the month? Privilege. Privilege. That's right. Privilege is the diversity uh, word of the month. And she announced that there are certain social identity groups that have privilege and therefore should be discriminated against. And that's white people because she's a racist, able-bodied people because she's a racist, heterosexuals, she appears to be married to a man, cisgender people, males, Christians, middle-class or owning-class people, whatever the hell that means, 
middle-aged people and English-speaking people are all privileged. Well, you should all learn to speak English and stop annoying me because no more electricity for you. Because this is science and everything is race and science and, and they pretend to be the party of science, but they're the party of political science and, and uh, not science at all. Uh, honestly, if you can't tell me there are two genders plus some Democrats that are having issues, then you can't talk to me about science. And if you tell me math is racist, then you can't talk to me about science. And if you think Afrochemistry is a new area of study, then you are very severely disabled. Afrochemistry is, I hope, no different than chemistry. Now, how much of this chemistry has come out of Africa, since we're calling it Afrochemistry? Explain to me the roots of chemistry in Africa. Let's start several thousand years ago and bring it up to the modern day. And, and again, the New York Times, the New York Times with their ridiculous day one, well, January 2nd, global warming to end snow, and then 10 days later, global warming to increase snow. No wonder they're all so confused. Honestly, amazing stuff. Now let's go to Al Gore, the Reverend Al Gore, the corpulent Reverend Al Gore, who lost his, what was it, his board of directors job last week with Google, I think. Google? I think that's right. Google or Apple, one of those. They've been paying him millions and millions for the last 20 years. Apple, his Apple board membership. Uh, they kicked him off the board last week because he got too old, 75 years old. He turned 75 so Apple kicked him off the board of directors, which is going to be millions and millions of dollars to him. But they've been paying him for 20 years or more than 20 years to be on the board for no reason and paying him millions of dollars because they know he needs a lot of food. You can tell by looking at him. But here's Al Gore. He uh, today is out there talking about the weather. Weather's kooky, ain't it? Uh, here's the Reverend Al Gore. The weather is killing millions of people a year, and if we just stop existing, then the temperature will be static, and the wild kingdom will enjoy that. As these extreme weather events continue to uh, to remind us that this is suicidal, what we're doing, you know, it's it, it, it's crazy to keep going like this. It's suicidal. It, it's just it's so suicidal. What we're doing is suicidal. The way you eat and what you eat is uh, suicidal. It uh, reminded us naturally of Katie Porter, Democrat congresswoman from California, who's raising her children to be members of a death cult. I told my nine-year-old daughter that I was going to be speaking with you, and I said, what do you think about climate change? And Greta. she said, the earth is on fire, and we're all going to die soon. Nine-year-old. And I asked her how that made her feel, and oh. she said it made her feel angry. And then she looted the local CVS and set fire to a police car. Um, yeah, it's suicide. Al Gore said today it's suicide. And uh, Katie Porter was talking, Democrat congresswoman in California, with the tortured nine-year-old child who should be taken away by Child Protective Services. And Al Gore just said it's suicide. Now, this is a death cult, which is why they saddle up with Hamas and the Houthis and Hezbollah and communist China, they are anti-civilization. These are not thinking people, and they're not the party of science. They're the party of anti-science. 
the corpulent Al Gore today. It's the developing countries that are hurt the most uh, and, and continuing to burn these fossil fuels also kills almost nine people, nine million people a year just from the co-pollution of the air pollution. The co-pollution of the air pollution kills almost nine million people or nine people a year. Uh, that's the corpulent Al Gore. Um, and it hurts developing nations the most. It does because you guys won't let them get electricity. You won't let them build power plants. It's not global warming that hurts developing nations. It's the left because you won't allow them to build power plants, which means that we end up with Mr. Beasts going to Africa and giving fresh water to 500,000 Africans in a matter of days because you guys won't allow that to happen. And otherwise, the kids are walking miles with buckets to get dysentery-filled water so their digestion will never be normal their entire lives because of you guys, and you won't let them build nuclear power plants or hydroelectric plants because the fish, and you won't let them build coal-burning, coal-powered plants so uh, they live without electricity and without clean water because you guys are saving the planet. And then they pretend it's better for the so-called developing world. They're not developing as long as you're in charge. We're continuing to add uh, a huge additional amount of heat-trapping pollution to the sky every single day. The good news is that once we get to true net zero and stop adding, the temperatures will stop going up almost immediately with a lag of as little as three years. And if we stay at true net zero, half of the human-caused greenhouse gas pollution will fall out of the atmosphere in as little as 25 to 30 years. In as, in as little as 25 to 30, long after you're dead. Um, that it, This guy is so full of, and you can see from a satellite photo how full he is of various things. What uh, what a joke. Nine million people a year. That's, that should be a headline. Nine million people a year. That's more than any war, well, since World War II. That is uh, when the Socialist Workers' Party and the Imperial Japanese, to true net zero. Then, you know, three years later, it'll all be, and then if it isn't, eh, you know, what the hell, I'll go to the Russian tea room and then stay in the, the penthouse of the Waldorf. That's, uh, that's no problem. Just amazing stuff. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. Now, today in Iowa, today is the Iowa caucuses. Um, they're the party of science. You know, Afrochemistry, math is racist. There are 140 genders. It hurts developing nations the most. They can't, this Mr. Beast, who has a YouTube channel, brings fresh water for the first time in history because he wants to make a 10-minute YouTube video. 500,000 people get fresh water for the first time ever drilling wells in five African countries. And Al Gore, he's got plenty of fresh water. All right, let's, uh, gosh, uh, look at all the things I have here. Uh, let, let me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with Iowa here, you know, because it's going to happen today, but it hasn't happened yet. Let's go to Tom calling from Naperville, Illinois. Thomas, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Oh, Chris, I love your show. In fact, I love both shows, Ned. I, you're just, you're just a, a blessing to our country, truly. Uh, you know, earlier you were talking about the DEI, and I've thought the same thing about dye. And then I thought, well, really, dye we can use instead of, uh, what is it, diversity, you know, exclusion, and so on. Right. I'm sorry, uh, it should be division, indoctrination, exclusion, dye. 
That's what it is. Think about everything they do. That's what it is. Divide, indoctrinate, exclude. Simple. Absolutely I've true. Also, I've also had the one for CRT if you want, but... You know that's uh, as long as it's as long as you know the FCC doesn't uh, prohibit yeah, oh, no, it. That's no. fine. This yeah. is I think because I think I had sent this to you before: mm-hmm. communism, racism, and transgenderism. That's the CRT theory. You know, so that's just my my craziness. No, that's Enjoying not crazy. No, that's clarity, my friend. <laughs> that is that that yeah. is because you think clearly. Because you're a yeah. great American and you live in Naperville, Illinois, outside of Chicago. You may listen Thank on you. WLS. Uh, the yes, great, I do. The great yes, WLS. I do, and I get the podcasts. And so, and Excellent. my son is a uh, LEO here, so we're stuck. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that right? Is that right? Your, yeah. your son's law enforcement officer there. Yeah. yeah Very good. Yeah. Very good. So, so, okay, Chris, thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Uh, thanks very right. much, Tom. That is uh, that is great. Uh, listen, I got a couple of uh, audio sound bites for you, President Trump. And a couple of the uh, the Republican contestants in Iowa, and uh, I want to I want to get to a bit of that because the caucuses are today in Iowa. It's a little chilly, like it is in Buffalo in January. I love the idiot Democrat governor of New York. Oh, it's going to be cold in Buffalo in January. We can't play football outside. Apparently, she just arrived on this planet a matter of hours ago. The governor of New York. Just amazing. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, I am enjoying my privilege, though. You know, during this break, because I'm a white, able-bodied, heterosexual, cisgendered male Christian, uh, a member of the owning class, middle-aged, and English speaker, I check every box at Johns Hopkins for privilege. I'm going to go there and demand a house or something. I'm going to... Maybe a high-paying job that I don't have to show up for, like Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden checks every one of those boxes. Except maybe heterosexual cisgender. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about all that. Little Iowa caucuses coming up. Today is, of course, the Iowa caucuses. We hold them in Iowa. And people caucus. And a Republican will win and other Republicans will not win. President Trump will win. Charlie, uh, what's her name? Shimkus. Carly, I knew that. Carly Shimkus of Fox News this morning was introducing former Governor Mike Huckabee to talk about the Iowa caucuses. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee won the 2008 GOP Iowa caucus and he joins us now. Governor, good morning to you. Congratulations on your 2008 win. (laughs) But we wanted to talk to you about that because uh, the year that you won, Mitt Romney came in second place. Fred Thompson came in first. The eventual GOP nominee, John McCain, came in fourth. And a little interesting nugget here is since 1972, only three caucus winners have gone on to become president. So the question this morning is, how much does the Iowa caucus really matter? That is a fair question and an interesting question. And again, uh, John McCain came in fourth in 2008, and he eventually became the nominee. And then, of course, he lost. But after him, Mitt Romney and Fred Thompson, uh, senator and actor, and a perfectly good guy. But um, McCain came in fourth, then he became the nominee. Huckabee won in 2008. Ted Cruz won, 
the Iowa caucus in 2016, and then Donald Trump became the nominee, and Donald Trump became president of the United States. And Donald Trump yesterday was was in Iowa, and he's in Iowa today. They're all in Iowa. Um, And it's very cold. It's going to be the coldest caucus in the history of the Iowa caucus. Not the coldest day in Iowa history or anything, but the coldest day that they had the Iowa caucus. And it's going to be, with the wind chill, 30 below zero. That's cold. And uh, Donald Trump yesterday talking about our southern border issues that matter to us. We're going to start on day one with deportation. Yay! Deportations. Does that make sense, by the way? Does that make sense? Is there anyone in the room that doesn't get it? Because if you don't, please leave. We don't. You're, you're hopeless if you don't get it. That's what's happening to our country. That's what's at the stake. Just remember, as soon as I take the oath of office, I'll terminate every open border policy of the Biden administration and begin the largest deportation operation Hey, uh, yeah, this uh, border, you know, the, the Democrats are open border. They're pro MS-13, pro fentanyl deaths. Pro, you know, you saw 9 million people a year die from global warming. No, they don't. Uh, but 100,000 a year die here from fatal drug overdoses. It is a, uh, the Iowa caucuses, big stuff. Um, you know, Ted Cruz won in 2016 with 28%. Donald Trump had 24%. Marco Rubio had 23%, and Dr. Ben Carson had 9%. Speaking of which, I think Rubio came out and Rubio came out and, and endorsed President Trump. Senator Mike Lee, a good man, came out and endorsed President Trump. Uh, and a Palestinian jihadi launched a terrorist attack in a town in Israel, stabbing people, uh, wounded and dead, because... You know, Palestinians, Democrats are with them. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.